Hi, everyone. Happy Monday. Hi, good morning. So today we're going to talk about Psalm 73. Famous Psalm. Yes. Precious Psalm. Okay. Um, so starting in verse 2, it's the psalm is talking about people he envies. So if you look at this, the description of the people he's envious, they're described as arrogant and wicked. But what is their wickedness? Uh, what is their sin? Well, um, it has a lot to do with what they're saying. So verse 9, they set their mouths against the heavens. Their tongue struts through the earth. Verse 11, they say, How can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? Behold, these are the wicked. So it seems like their wickedness has a lot to do with disregarding God. And if we think about people, you know, maybe we know who disregard God, they're not necessarily like shouting it all the time, you know? Um, it's just that they live their lives as if God does not exist, as if mm. eternity, heaven and hell, judgment just don't exist. And, or if they do, they're not very relevant. And the result of this is not some like calamity in their lives. It's not like they're struck with lightning. Actually, their lives, they seem to be very nice. They mm. prosper. They have no pangs. Uh, they are not in trouble. They're not mm. stricken. In fact, it, it seems like they're always at ease, which I thought that's kind of true. You know, like if someone just ignores the reality of God and they, they can just live however they want, they're more or less at ease. No people to worry about, no schedule to follow, no responsibility to stress out about. Um, and these are the kind of people that he envies. Yeah, so I wanted to mention here that the psalmist is someone who is trying to remain faithful to God. He's been trying to do this. Yet amidst that, he's honestly admitting to some idols in his heart. And I think this is super relatable as we try to live out Christian life. I feel like there were totally different points in my life when this psalm became very precious to me because it exactly described what was going on in my own heart. Um, in verse 2, the psalmist says that his feet had almost stumbled. His steps had nearly slipped. And I thought this was pretty interesting. So he he's someone who's trying to stay faithful to God, but really seriously wondering if it's worth it. Mm -hmm. And what's crucial, though, is that the psalmist admitted it with candor and honesty before just throwing in the towel and saying, forget this. Uh, the words almost and nearly means that he was about to give up on following God. Yet because he was honest in his confession, there was a chance for him to actually deal with that envy he felt towards the people in the world. Mm. And I thought this was an important lesson for us to be honest in our confession of how we're envious of the world, desire the things of the world. Kind of like what was described in our DT earlier uh, last week in 1 John chapter 2 about love of the world versus love of the Father. We need to surface these worldly desires in a candid way in order to actually experience metanoia repentance about them um, but that in and of itself also requires that we know ourselves we can't be suppressing how we feel or just pushing through personally i think joylessly pushing through is a big red flag that something's really wrong mm -hmm. and we need to be honest about what's going on in our hearts first to ourselves and then to god and other people so verse 13 that was interesting he says all in vain have i kept my heart clean and washed my hands in innocence it's been pointless that's how he feels mm. and why well i thought about how what does it take to wash our hands in innocence and keep our hearts clean you know just as, like, if we just think about that um john calvin said that our hearts are idol factories like we're constantly dealing with idols and we're, our hearts are like producing idols you know mm. and so to keep our heart to keep our hearts clean mean, means that we have to keep dealing with our idols and that means like cutting things out of our lives you know if we idolize money that means giving it away if we idolize comfort that means like moving to a church plant or accepting like new responsibilities and then you're not so comfortable anymore right and um 
keeping our hearts clean means we have to keep um, in each season of our lives with our new idols, we have to keep surrendering things. So somebody who strives to keep his heart clean ends up continually surrendering things to God. And then, you know, like we hear about maybe some classmate in college um, who we're, we're, we felt like we were on par with and now he's like the CEO of some startup. <laughs> or like we, we look at, our, you know, people we knew um, back in the day and now, you know, they're posting nice pictures of their very comfortable life, you know, while we're like on our way to like babysitting or like filming for yet another video. And then it's those <laughs> moments, you know, we feel like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, and I I was struck by how in verse 15, the psalmist was so, so close to speaking out and giving up, yet uh, something held him back. He couldn't betray the generation of God's people. And Mm. these are the people who perhaps were looking up to him as an example. Maybe Mm. it was the people he was ministering to. So uh, here we kind of see how ministry to others is a hedge of protection so that we don't impulsively give into our desires for the world. Mm. And this hedge of protection helps us to hold back until through God's word and prayer and worship or talking to people, we can finally regain our sanity. And then we have a chance to come back to our senses and see Mm. that a life of following god truly is the best life yeah so verse 16 but when i thought how to understand this it seemed to me a wearisome task you know if the if if our calculation if our calculus of our christian lives does not involve going to the sanctuary of god and scaling up to eternity heaven and hell judgment it's not going to make sense how we live the way that we live and and that we make the choices that we make and um otherwise we're, we're gonna feel like we're losing out um, but, you know, it all changes once, once the psalmist discerns their end. And what's interesting about the structure of this psalm is that everything hinges mm. on this one verse, verse 17, yeah. right? right. Um, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I discerned their end. Mm. If you look at the psalm, uh, the psalmist feels very differently before and after verse 17. Yeah, Nothing has changed about the situation, right? The arrogant are still prosperous, you know? But whereas before he envied them, now he sees that their arrogance before God will lead them to destruction when it comes to their end. Before his soul was embittered, you know, he felt like keeping his heart pure was a waste. It was all in vain. Now he's grateful. Whom have I in heaven besides you? God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This is like a 180 degree change, right? Um, Now he's thankful for God. He looks at his life and concludes, what have I besides you, God? He's living in a completely different reality. But the only thing that changed was that he went into the sanctuary of God and he began seeing things from the perspective of eternity. Yeah, so previously the psalmist was stuck because he just wasn't thinking about the end for everybody, including himself. And that led to bitterness. And I really liked how in verse 22, he describes it as being brutish and ignorant Mm. and how I was like a beast towards you, towards God. And and I think when our lives are not going well, while the lives of people who are godless seem to you know, be going great. Mm. Uh, There's this strong temptation at that point to lay the blame on God. We can Mm. easily point a finger at God and accuse him of being unfair. And we get to this level of entitlement and becoming demanding of God, forgetting that we have zero claim on him. And this is a deeply offensive attitude of God owes me. It's kind of 
beastly. It's like this demand rooted in a callous disregard for our own sinfulness and forgetting how God saved us mm. from um, a rightful condemnation to hell. Uh, yet, like the psalmist, we can come back. We can come back to God, come to our senses when we go to the sanctuary of God, when we repent of our entitlement and blame towards Him. Mm. And then I really like how how gracious the psalmist experienced God to be. In verse 23, it says, Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel. Oh, this is verse 24. And afterward, you will receive me to glory. Um, it's this beautiful remembrance of how good God was to him and how much grace he showed um, him so that we that he had a chance to repent. And the same is true for us. Yeah. All right. That's all. Have a good day.